You're listening to the Business Made Simple podcast, where we teach you everything you need to know to grow a business. We also certify the world's best business coaches who can help you implement our framework into your business. Today, we're answering the question, how do you make sure you never run out of cash? Because if you run out of cash, your business will crash. Which is why in this final episode of our series, How Your Business is Like an Airplane, our hosts Donald Miller and co-hosts Dr. J.J. Peterson and Kula Callahan get super detailed on how to manage your finances, giving you a plan on what to do to keep your business fueled with cash. Don also talks with Mike Michalowicz, who shows you how to implement his profit first method. This is Business Made Simple. All right, we did it. Got to the end That's of right. our airplane analogy. We are ready? on the last one. We landed the plane. We landed the plane. Oh, <laughs> it was a great ride. It was a great ride. <laughs> well, I hope it was helpful. I mean, you know, what we really want people to do is install this sort of business made simple operating system. In yeah. each area of the airplane, you would install our marketing and messaging framework on the right engine. You'd install our sales framework on the left engine you know, all of our leadership frameworks in the cockpit. Mm-hmm. And the plane should be a lot safer, easier to fly. I mean, you know, we've got our problems, but they're not, you know, I get on the phone with some friends who are running companies and I just think, oh my gosh, this is terrible. Yes, I tell you all the time, you have very little to complain about. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> I remind you, I remind you. Any- <laughs> well, the biggest problem that we had uh, last month is that our abandoned office had mice in it. So that's a different <laughs> kind. Oh gosh, we don't have right. a framework for that. We are yes. keeping the organ yes. man in business. <laughs> we are that's all I have to man say. In business. <laughs> so today, we're, though, we're talking about arguably the biggest part, yeah. the most important thing on the airplane, and that's cash flow. Yes. And the reason it's most important is we will spend so much of our time figuring out our sales, figuring out our marketing, figuring out our vision and our leadership and our mission statement guiding principles, watching overhead, that you don't realize you can have a perfectly, perfectly great airplane and it will crash because you ran out of cash. Yeah. And so that's why we call it the fuel tank. Yeah. Because if you're out of fuel, you're going you're down. You're done. And you have to you're be done. watching that gauge all the time. Or you go borrow fuel from yeah, a bank yeah. or something and yep. now you've got interest on top of the bad decisions you were already making. Yep. You know, it's uh, it's really important. We're, we're going to talk today to Mike McCallowitz, and he wrote a book called Profit First. And my story with Profit First is I was driving to a family vacation. I was by myself because Betsy was meeting me there. And Mike really described more or less what we were already doing. And I love it when I when I find a book that says, Don, you're right. Those are my favorite, <laughs> absolute favorite books. He has a couple tweaks on how he does it, and, and I'm going to talk to him, and he's going to get into that. But everybody always wonders, and maybe you guys are wondering, just let me know, how I manage the checking accounts. Because Dying to know <laughs> how you manage your checking accounts, Don. Keeps I had me a up nickel at for every time Kula asked me to explain it. But I do have five checking accounts, and they work like a dashboard. You know, when I go log into my bank and I look at the numbers in those checking accounts, it tells me more than my profit and loss statement. And it tells me as much as my actual dashboard of data, lead and lag measures. It just tells you immediately how strong you are. So so essentially, if the profit starts coming out of the account, I've got maybe six months to say, hey, we're, profit's heading in the wrong direction, everybody. You know, and those are great little red flags. It's so helpful, too, because so many small business owners that we work with start their business and they start making some money and they don't really know what to do with it. And they just think because they made four sales today, they can go out and buy four new computers, right? Right. And so, you know, one of the most simple ways to just organize that, not only to have insight into your financials and your cash flow, but also just for your own sanity, really, is to understand where every dollar is going so that you don't get panicked when you just look at a bank account and it says we're going down, right? That's right. So there are five 
bank accounts, essentially. Five, yeah, five, five checking, checking accounts, accounts, basically. That you should create just to understand how healthy your business is financially. What's the first one? Well, the first one is operating expenses. And, and it's really every dollar that comes into the company goes into operating expenses. And every dollar that leaves the company comes out of operating expenses. So that's the very first one. And it's the one that probably everybody has. What's different about that account for me is there is a threshold. And when money goes over that threshold, I, I immediately put it into different accounts. And I'll get to that in a second. But let's say that um, you have uh, your biggest bill every two weeks is your payroll. And payroll is you know $65,000. That's what it takes to pay everybody every two weeks. You know, I'd probably want my operating account to be somewhere around 120 and it hover ha- there. Yeah, basically. yeah. And it just stays there. Now, when payroll hits, it's going to go back down, right. uh, all the way back down to what, 55? 55. So you go all the way down to 55, but hopefully it would come back up pretty quickly. I don't want an, an enormous amount of cash in my operating expenses. I just want enough that I can pay bills month after month after month and pay payroll, and I never hit zero. It's like a profit and loss in a sense. You can see where you're spending money and where money is coming in. The key, though, is not actually the operating expense. That's not the, the, the genius of it. The key is the operating expense with that top-line number. Mm-hmm. For years, I'll just go with our old numbers because uh, they're easy. Uh, for years, the top of the, the checking account for operating expenses was hundred grand. So what I would do is if there was $150,000 one day, and I knew, you know, I kind of know whether payroll's coming, I know whether we're about to get a big bill. What I would do with that 150 is I would take 25 of it and put it into another account called taxes. Half of the overage goes into taxes. Half of the overage goes into a third account called profit. The profit account is your security. You're storing five to six times your operating expenses. So if my operating expense threshold is $100,000, I need five to $600,000 in my profit account. And then taxes, I don't actually care what's in taxes. Um, it's just how much you have to pay taxes. It's just waiting there right. so that every quarter the accountant can write the tax bill. Now, if you do 50-50 the way I do, you actually end up with more money in taxes than you need. And I'm fine with that. So that's how, that's how the money is split up between those three accounts. But think about what you've just done. You've just ensured that the company is safe for five or six months once you get there. You've just ensured that the company is making money. And you've just ensured that you will never be surprised by a tax bill. So you've got the operating expense, you've right. got your profit, you've got your taxes, right. and you mentioned there are five. So what are the other two? So one of them is the salary for the owner. So if I, I'm the owner of the company, so I'm looking at these five checking accounts all online. One of them is going to be personal checking. And personal checking is mine and Betsy's salary. And we take a salary every year. And it doesn't matter how much profit the company makes. We get the exact same amount of money. Interestingly, we're probably like now the fifth highest (laughs) Highest paid paid. person in the company. (laughs) But what that does is it keeps us sane and we're we're operating on a budget. So even if you are a $85,000 a year company and all you're giving yourself is whatever you can afford. Mm Mm-hmm. Now, I'd look at what you made last year. Let's say you made $18,000 because it's a side gig. I would give yourself $20,000 this year. And so you're going to take out fifteen, eighteen hundred, whatever that is, uh, per month, and you're going to put it into the personal. Now, if you, if you need it, you can put it back into the business because you've got this is a side hustle. But get in the habit of having these five checking accounts 
now and also get in the habit of giving yourself a salary and knowing that if the company makes no profit, you made a salary just like everybody else. Yeah. Once the profit account, which is five, it's your largest account by far, you should have the most money in it. Often taxes will also have a lot of money in it, but that goes suddenly gets depleted in times when you're yeah, sleeping. Yeah. You know, if, you're, if your profit is at five times the operating expense account, it should be half a million dollars with those numbers, right, that, we, that we've chosen to use. Let's say you look at the profit account and it's at 600. What I would do is I would take $100,000 out of that profit account and put it in a fifth account. Which is? Which is investment holding. Ooh. And so what, what that account is, and this is me getting into your business, and I don't, you know, I don't need to be in your business, but I'm in your business. <laughs> I think that the profit, which is all your money, you get to do anything you want with that. But you know, if, you're, if your company crashes or if a global pandemic hits, you want some cushion there. And what you can do then is take the 100000 you got the half a million dollars you set up, take the 100000 put it in an investment holding. That account, you begin to accumulate wealth in, and when there are opportunities to buy investments, that's what you do with that account. Mm -hmm. So, you know, every year that we can, we fund a SEP IRA. So that's $54,000 tax-free that you get when you're old, and, which to me is like four years from now. <laughs> I think it is. I think it is like 55 and a half or something like You're that. You're the one aging yourself here. I, I didn't even say that. anything. Anyway, so, that, so that's going to buy my wheelchair, my oxygen mm -hmm, tank, mm -hmm. my Jello. Yep. Uh, you know, probably some mandolin lessons, you know, whatever. That's what that money Watercolor painting. That's right, when I'm 55. Yeah. Which actually kind of sounds fun at 55, like more jello. That would be amazing. Yeah, I want a button you can press and nurse comes in. Anyway, you do that. So, so you know, we bought a piece of property, Betsy and I, a long time ago. And we're now selling that piece of property. And so that that's the money that you, you play with that is not a part of your company. And what I like about that is it diversifies uh, where money is coming from. And even though, here's what I know half of my listeners are saying. They're saying, but the best investment I can make is in my own company. Me too. For every dollar I put in my company, I get two. So why would I go buy a duplex, you know, for $400,000 going to pay me about $2,400 a month? That, you know, why would I do that? For me, there's a peace of mind in knowing there's something else in case this thing falls apart. Yeah. And those five checking accounts, I'm not kidding, have kept me sane for the better part of 10 years. I love it because it's so simple. It's easy right. to track. It's easy to kind of see the numbers, especially when you set kind of where you're at. And they're going to adjust, right? Obviously, as the company grows, your overhead's going to grow. Yeah. Then you have more Yeah, And by the way, when the company starts growing, your overhead grows. And suddenly you realize $100,000 isn't enough in the yeah. operating expense. You've <laughs> yeah. got to take that to 175 or or ours is over 200 now. I, I even love this even as a personal side. Like, I agree. You know, that, just, that's the, I wanted to bring that up, yeah. JJ, is that I, you know, when, when my kids are eight, nine years old, we're literally going to set up five accounts. Yeah. And, and they're going to hate it. They're going to think it's so boring. Why does this account have $3 in it? <laughs> You got to pay the government. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just want them to, it, it teaches you really early to live off of a small percentage of yep. what you make, Yeah. but pay yourself yep. just like you're That's paying every other employee. literally what I was just going to say is take a salary out of your salary, yeah. right? Like take a salary and create overhead essentially. Like what are your bills? What are they going for? And then when it gets to a certain level, put it into profit, put it into investment, right? right? 
because everybody needs a six-month runway in case something happens as well. That's right. So this applies not only to business, but the personal side of things as well. Yeah. Well, and I bet a lot of our listeners might be wondering, you know, they're thinking about starting a business or they, they think they don't have enough money right now to set up these five bank accounts. What would you tell them? Do you need a certain no, amount of money think, per you know, year I mean, to most set banks, these up? You know, if you've got 25 bucks in that account, it's there. Yeah. And, uh, and I'm telling you, you're going to get hooked on it. Yeah. That is because you literally love moving the money over into profit. Oh, it's profit. so fun. <laughs> but every time you pull money into profit, you got to put money into taxes so you're not surprised. Right. And it, it just, it limits your spending. What you begin to do is reverse engineer mm-hmm. how we can run a, a company on this kind of money. Mm-hmm. And you want to run out, you know, let's say you got $600,000 in your profit account and you're at, you know, you want to hire five people and all of a sudden you see that thing, you, you realize, wait, we don't have $700,000. We have $100,000. It's just a it's different- It's a great filter. It is a great filter, and it stops you from making really stupid decisions. You make consistently make generally wise financial decisions. Well, it's like I always said, rich people don't work. They make their money work for them. <laughs> <laughs> you do always say that. I, I hear always you always say that. say that. It's like I've always said. <laughs> so your conversation with Mike, he follows this system or some form of he it He follows well. the system. He's got a book out called Profit First. There are two things that I don't do that Mike does, but he explains it really, really, really well. He also explains, you know, if you need to trim overhead and get some cash, here's quite honestly a painful thing to hear, but here's the here's how you got to do it. Yeah. And he, he goes into that. So here's my conversation with Mike McCallowitz. Why is cash flow so important for a business? Well, cash flow is your runway of sustainability, right? I mean, could you imagine you're, you're going down the highway listening in and all of a sudden it just stops and now you're going over a cliff? Yeah. It would be deadly. You need to apply the brakes. You need to be able to curve around things. And the more runway you have, the better. Sadly, the vast majority of businesses don't see cash flow as runway. They simply see as a pot of gold at the end of the <laughs> rainbow. Right. And so- they go into this sales mode of like, we just got to keep selling. We got to sell our way out of this, hoping that that the next day the pot of gold will arrive, but it never does. You're talking to an entrepreneur, let's say, and they've got a million dollar line of credit. They're $300,000 into that. They're, they're doing $4 million a year. They're paying taxes. They never know what their taxes are going to be. They don't know how much they should be making because they haven't given themselves a set salary. They're not even really sure how profitable they are. I think you, I probably just spoke to 50% of the people listening to this Easily. podcast. I would say 80%. 80%. Uh, what, are, what are the first things that they need to do to start to get organized? So uh, first I'll give you an emotional mind shift. And this is not attributed to me. I, I heard Susie Orman say this. She was talking to an audience and she goes, uh, I'll, I'll teach you how to be rich. She goes, the day you put more joy into saving than spending, the day you become rich. Hmm. So th- there's this emotional shift we need to make. Business owners are thinking, if I keep growing, I'll achieve richness. I'll be rich or I'll be wealthy. And it's not true. It's not about, you don't grow your way into it. It's a disciplined habit. Now that's the other part. So first of all, you got to change your mindset. The next component is you need to have a disciplined habit. And how I do it with Profit First is it's small, consistent savings, daily savings, allocating a portion of your revenue to profit. So, so I say profit's not an event as an eventuality. Profit's not an event, it's a habit. It's based in every transaction. So at the end of every day, we take a portion of that inbound revenue that came in on a percentage basis. So now if it's $100 that came in or 1000 or somewhere in between, it makes no difference. You take your 
say 10% of that money, allocate toward a profit account, an actual physical account. We hide that money from your business and we run your business off the remainder. And if you do this on a percentage basis, then as your business grows in revenue, so does your cash profitability. Do you recommend starting at 2%, moving to 5%, then 7%, then 10%? Or is there a percentage right away that you say, you know, this is, you've got to start with 20%? Uh, we suggest starting with 1% of what you've done historically. I mean, 1% more what you've done historically. What happens by ratcheting up the percentage just a little bit incrementally, it forces you to incrementally re reduce your expenses and or increase your margins that same percentage. And as a result, you start improving your business. You reverse engineer efficiency when you have That's exactly it. It's reverse engineering. Yeah. Criticize the way I do this because when I listened to your book, you basically explained what we were doing. It was very affirming. There were a couple things that you did that were different than the way I was doing them. One of them is instead of a percentage of revenue going into a profit account, I basically have, and I've actually drawn it out for people, a beaker. And when that beaker passes a certain amount of money, I get the money out of that account and put it into profit account. So let me give you an example. You know, if, if my operating expenses account is at $100,000, I check it one you know, yeah. Tuesday morning and it's at 220. I actually take 60 and put it into tax, a tax account and 60 and put it into profit. So I'm always skimming off the top, but at least I know what the top is. Yep. And, and it's worked so well for me to grow my business. Uh, what, do you, what would you say, Don, here's the pitfalls of actually doing it that way. Uh, you know, what, what could fall apart? From, what, am I, what am I not seeing? Yeah, so that is a good system. But the, the one pitfall that I immediately see is your expenses now are considered the first priority. Meaning if I don't satisfy the $100,000, uh, I'm not going to be profitable. But the question, of course, is, is $100,000 appropriate in uh, and having expenses? And so it doesn't force you to question it. If, if you put your profit first and there's not enough money to pay expenses, well, now there's a hard conversation. Now it's like, well, why isn't there enough money for expenses? Are we incurring too much expense or do we not have enough margin? Right. So our business starts speaking to us that way. That makes sense. Yeah. So, so definitely take your, your profit first. But then the question is, but what if I have a period where not enough revenue comes in and I can't cover my bills, but they've historically been appropriate? What we want to do is build up an expense buffer. So we take our profit first, that 10% or whatever, and say you, your normal expenses are $100,000 and we feel based upon taking our profit first, that's appropriate. We would actually allocate, we try to allocate $105,000 to your operating expense account every month. Every month you burn $100,000, but now it's a cushion of $5,000, then $10,000, $15,000, it keeps accumulating. Then a month comes where we drop down to, there's only $80,000 available to allocate to the operating expenses. We have a cushion in there. So it starts cushioning things out. By taking our profit first, it forces immediate reconsideration of our spend and our margins when for a sustained period, we can't fund the operating expense account to the degree of the bills we're getting. Let's say you've got a client and there's people listening, no doubt in this situation, who are out of cash. You know, the business is coming back. They may have even, uh, you know, they survived a little bit on government stimulus, but uh, they've got a loan. They're into that loan a little bit. What are the quickest ways, you know, we covered this on the last episode, but it's worth, it's worth asking you the same question. What are the quickest ways to make sure your, your business is lean and efficient? Where, where are the holes that most people have that money is draining out of? The number one, and actually I just did an evaluation of a business that was struggling with profit first. And really they were struggling to face the truth. We, we ran the profit first percentages, I'll gain my profit, and they were about 50% short of the funding needed 
for the operating expenses that they had. And the, the reason was because of COVID. And they said, uh, what do we have to do? The, the number one biggest bill associated with most businesses is the payroll. Um, now, that's not true in some manufacturing and so forth, but for most businesses is payroll. They had to cut employees. And you know, there's this ethical consideration, but I hired these people, they're wonderful, they're loyal, they're great contributors, but the fact is they're not needed. And what they were trying to do, and you see businesses do all the time, I'm guilty as charged too, is try to save a few people, keep their jobs while sinking the entire ship. Right, right. The other expense too, um, which people are seeing very apparently today, is uh, rent, um, yeah. physical space. You know, everyone went on Zoom because of COVID and are saying, oh my gosh, that monthly you know, rent of $3,000 or 5,000, whatever the, I don't need that. Well, you save 3,000 a month, that's 36 grand a year. That could replace a salary or, or just all go to the bottom line. Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah. That's the important thing is if you're, you know, you're saving 36,000 a year, you would say, where do I invest that in something that will make me profit? So it's the opportunity cost on 36,000 too. I'd also encourage people to set up their own bank. Like I, I, I set my own bank, if you will, for my business, it's a, it's just a savings account. Um, but it's not for profit distribution. It's not for any other purpose besides rainy day. So I call it the vault. Um, and we just store money in there. What do you say though? I always say five to six months. Yeah, exactly. That five to six months is perfect. I think three months is the minimum. Five to six is ideal. I went to the extreme, but I'm also building what's called a cash equity position. Should one day I want to be able to sell my business, I can show accumulating cash reserves. And to spawn an extra degree of growth, you can make those investments, those critical big investments. Now, we may move into aggressively into technology now to really uplevel our business, but we have a vault that's positioned us to do that. And we don't have to borrow for it. I'm curious, though, let's talk about the opposite problem. Uh, when you've got people who did really well during COVID, something switched in their business and yeah. you know their, hand san their, their grandma's hand sanitizer is now a half a billion dollar industry. <laughs> what, do you, what are the assets that you like buying just real quick with that money? Number one investment I've ever made is my own business. Hmm. I mean, I've, I've looked through stock, real estate. Yeah, nothing's getting you 100% return like your business is often. Nothing. I'll tell you, even, even a Reddit uh, you know, investment into Game stock uh, for a five-day period, like that didn't yield as much as the few dollars I put into my business and then ultimately selling those companies. Yeah. Investing in your own small business is extraordinary. Here's what was interesting. I, I spoke with other investors. And they said investing in other people's small business actually was their greatest risk and the lowest return, which was kind of fascinating. Wow. That was the one out of 10 hit it. So that may be risky doing angel investing, but self-investing in your own business is much better. I, I would encourage everyone as a business owner to have a cash balance plan for yourself if you have that means. Tax deferring any income that you have for your own implications is a big deal. That can be bigger than um, increasing your returns by two or three percent by actually having a cash deferred. Hmm. The other thing is uh, ladder strategies are appropriate. Um, so a ladder strategy is, say I had $100,000 of excess cash, which maybe some people in this COVID situation do. Instead of putting it just in the bank account, can I invest tranches or pieces of it that will become available again in a period of time? So a classic ladder strategy with, with CDs, I wouldn't recommend getting CDs right now, but Say I have $100,000 or $120,000, every 10 months, I would put $10,000 into a CD that expires one year from now. And a month later, $10,000 a year later. So every month- You're just month, getting a little interest on that money that's better than the savings account that you're holding on to. Exactly. I'm getting better interest, but every month, money's becoming available again. Should I need it before it renews? 
So that's called a ladder strategy. You can do it with any kind of investment vehicle. Yeah, that's that's actually really, really interesting. And can you can you defer again the CD and just say, let's go one more year with this thing and just let it keep exactly. growing? Exactly. So you can keep on rolling them. But every year you've got this $10,000 that's hitting you or twelve or whatever. Exactly. Yeah, the 10000 plus interest is always becoming available. Mike, if you wanted to uh, hire somebody, an accountant that had your philosophy, your mindset about money, where would people go? Because I know you have, uh, you have actually certified a bunch of accountants. Yeah. So we set up an organization called Profit First Professionals. And this is where we went to accountants, specifically training them on this methodology. So you can go to ProfitFirstProfessionals.com to check out a list of folks. That sounds great. One of the things that I love about having those accounts that I can look at, I can go to First Horizon Bank, look at my accounts, got all in there. To me, it is as effective as our dashboard in, in helping me understand how healthy the company is. You know, if you're blind when it comes to where your money's at, it's like flying an airplane and not having, you know, tapping on the gas gauge and having it kind of go <laughs> up and then go down and then settle somewhere. You're just like, I don't know how much is actually in here. Mike, uh, so grateful for you and your friendship and all the people that you've helped. Thanks for coming on. Uh, thank you so much for having me. Now that you know how to run your five checking accounts, Let's go fuel them with cash. And as you get started, did you know that StoryBrand certifies marketing experts who can overhaul your marketing plan? This week's Marketing Minute comes from StoryBrand certified guide, Erica Bryant, who gets frustrated when her clients don't communicate clearly. Some business owners that I work with think that they have to write this long email and go into all these details and take people in all this context. You know, we're not being clear in our messaging and, and people tune out and stop caring. Does your marketing clearly communicate the problem you solve for your customers and what product they need to buy to solve that problem? If not, hire a StoryBrand certified guide today at marketingmadesimple.com. Because when Erica helped clarify the email messaging for one of her clients, we sold from this one email, he's able to attribute to this one email, 60 to $80,000 from one email. Have a StoryBrand certified guide like Erica Bryant overhaul your marketing. Just go to marketingmadesimple.com. Cash flow can be a sensitive topic for some because when we're talking about money, we're really talking about our values. You know, we spend money on what we value. We're also talking about responsibility. If we are responsible, we mostly have cash at hand. If we've been irresponsible, made some dumb decisions, uh, sometimes we don't have cash when we need it. So it's a sensitive deal. Uh, you know, I, I've uh, made a lot of mistakes with cash in the past. I think it was uh, uh, until I was 30 years old literally 30 years old, I didn't always know where rent money uh, was going to come from. As I started a company and grew in maturity, I realized what we all have to realize in time, and that is we have to live on less than we make. That's true for the company that I run. That's true for me and Betsy. And so we probably spend, I don't know, less than 5% of what we make on ourselves. The rest goes into charity, goes into investments. Uh, it just goes into being more financially sound. We can get into all sorts of complicated algorithms, all sorts of ways of running our checking account, and I highly recommend running your checking account the way that I described in this episode. But we can get into all that stuff, but if we don't obey the basic principle, live off less than you make, then all of this is for naught. So remember the rule, live off less than you make, make more, make more, make more, so that as you live off less than you make, you can actually have more money and always be financially sound. So, what are you doing to fix the cash leaks in your business? Let us know on Twitter using the hashtag Business Made Simple Podcast, and we could feature your tweet in a future episode. 
Thanks, as always, for listening to the Business Made Simple podcast. Never miss an opportunity to continue learning how to grow your business and subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or honestly, wherever you listen to podcasts. Apply now to become a Business Made Simple certified coach at certifiedbusinesscoach.com. And on the flip side, hire a Business Made Simple certified coach by going to hireacoach.com. The Business Made Simple podcast is produced, engineered, and edited by me, Bobby Richards. It's hosted by Donald Miller and co-hosted by Dr. J.J. Peterson and Kula Callahan. Tim Schur is our executive producer, and Melissa Paduzzi and Lindsay Frail are co-producers. That's all for this episode. We'll see you next week.